Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. Hey guys, I'm Michelle. Um, This is my third trip to Guatemala, and you may not know, but as soon as we get back, we start planning for the next year, and even some while we're there, we're um, looking for ways that we can better minister to people and um, ways to improve the trip. So this, or last year when we got back, we decided that we wanted to do a Bible study in Spanish class once a week for the people who are going on the trip, um, just so we could learn more Spanish and Um, connect with our group. So we decided to um, read a book called Static Jedi, and it's by the guy who painted the Repaint Jesus art out in the lobby. Um, And in his book, he talked a lot about prayer and fasting and what can happen when you pair the two. Um, So we decided to fast for a week before we left. Um, And in the book, Eric says... He talks a lot about prayer and fasting and how when they're paired, um, mountains can be moved. And he says, um, you cannot move the mountain by prayer alone. It is not about what we do, but about what he has done. The mountain must move through prayer and fasting. And you'll hear more about um, how God used that and how God blessed us and blessed our team and also the people that we got to connect with there. And here's Kelsey. Hey, I'm Kelsey. This is my first year going. Um, And what God really showed me through the whole trip um, was how his plans are bigger than ours could ever be. Uh, We went into the trip with a plan to build a house for a week for one family. um, And we had to choose between two, which was really tough for us. Um, And so we chose a family. And so we were going to build the house for like five days or six days. And then um, our last two days, we were going to work at the landfill. Um, But when we got there, God kind of took our plans and turned them upside down. Uh, The first day we got to the building site, the house that we'd paid to build was pretty much already built. All that was left to do was, like, pour the floor, do the stucco, and paint. Um, So we got there really disappointed because what were we going to do for the rest of the week? Um, And so when we got back after that day, Brad and Brandy talked to the people, um, at Hope of Life, and they decided to match our donation and let us build a second house. Um, and when we were fasting the week that we each decided what we were fasting on, we just said, wouldn't it be awesome if um, someone would just give us $6,000 more to build another house, knowing that in a week that was pretty much impossible. Um, so when we got there and the house was finished, um, they just let us build another house, which was really awesome. Because the first family, we spent like two days with them. Um, It was a bunch of kids, so some of them couldn't speak because they were babies, and the rest were in school. So we didn't really get to build much of a connection with them. Um, But the second family that we built the house for, um, the relationship we built with them was just awesome. They opened up their homes to us. They opened up their lives to us. Um, The mom of the family, or the whole family, had lost um, one of the daughters, I think, three years before we came. And they just completely opened up their lives. They let us use their food and eat their tortillas and showed us how to make tortillas. And the tortillas they fed us the first day was enough to feed them for at least two days. And they didn't expect anything back in return. Um, So it was just awesome to be blessed by them and knowing that they were blessed in getting a house, but they blessed us more than that we could imagine. Um, So the second kind of change of plans During the weekend, a bunch of groups come in, and so they kind of had to use all the buses. So our plan was to go finish the house, and that was pushed back two days, which was a disappointment for us. Um, But we got to spend time on the compound, um, and I got to visit all the places that I haven't visited before because it was my first time. And also during the fasting, we had prayed that God would use our Spanish that we'd learned. Um, And it was kind of... Like, we didn't really use it because we had a translator all the time. But also during that day, they um, went to build a treehouse, so they had to take our translator to the hardware store. So while the rest of the group was on the compound, we were at the elderly home, 
uh, they needed a translator. So I was the only one who could speak any Spanish. So it was really a blessing for me to be able to use what God had given me. Um, And I got to meet an old man who was blind and really hear his story and talk to him. And it was such a blessing to see that when you really work hard and you give God your everything, that he will bless you. Um, So the verse that really described the whole week for me was Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And that just really described everything. The plan that we had, though it was good, it was not near as good as what God had planned for us and what he worked out for us. So as we're building hope through building these relationships, the question that I have for you guys is um, that I want you to kind of ponder on today is the question of who can I reach? Who can I reach? And when we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'm going to read 19 through 23, and then I'll finish up 24 through 27 a little later. It says, Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am no subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. So as you think about who can I reach, I want to point out two uh, points in the scripture here. The first one is at the end of chapter 19, or verse 19. It says, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. And then later it says, <clears throat> in the second half of 22, it says, yes, I try to find common ground with every." everyone doing everything I can to bring or to save some. So what he's trying to say here is you do everything you can to reach all those that are around you, but he doesn't guarantee that all that you try to reach are going to come to know Christ. He uses the word many, and he uses the word some. So he's telling us up front, do everything I ask you to do, and let me do the rest. And there will be some that will be saved. There will be some that will be, have a better life because of what you're doing. So the question for you guys is, when you think about who to reach, is where are you? Where are you in life? Are you in school? Are you, what do you do for fun? Where, what do you work? Who's around you? Right now, that's, that's who you're to reach. These are the people that God has put in place. Everyone in here knows that God has given them that job. Yes, we have to make income to support our families. But it's also he gave you that job because there's people around you that he wants to minister to, and he wants to use you to do that. To be thinking about that as well as we try to figure out who it is that you can reach. Uh, Kelsey and Michelle talked about how when we're coming along and uh, back from the trip, we're already planning. And last year, we got these two families that they talked about that we had to decide between. And if you can imagine for Brandy and myself, it was hard to decide which family do we build a house for because you want them both to have a house. But... We didn't have the funds, or knew we wouldn't probably have the funds to build two houses. So um, we had met one family and uh, knew that they had shelter. And the family with the kids, the little kids, didn't have anything. They were actually living in somebody else's home. They, they were sharing a home. Uh, somebody let them stay in. So because of the obedience of you guys and, and the donations and the prayer you got and the obedience of our group just trying to do what God wants to do, both families wound up getting a house. And um, if it wasn't for us being obedient, neither one of them would have a house. But yet God blessed both families, which was amazing to us to see that. And, um, the, you know, it says we're to reach many and save some. And the first house, we didn't get to stay there long. We were there for two days finishing up that house. And I talked to the, the father of the house, and um, he said, you know, I, I know who Jesus is. I, I know what God did for us through Christ, but I just, I'm not ready to accept that yet. And I said, well, when, you, when you are ready, God is ready. He's always ready for you to accept his love and just to accept that invitation. And he said, I understand, but I'm just not ready. 
And um, so that was the, the, the sum that we may not reach. But as the week went on, I did get to see a change in his heart and his demeanor as we got to go and visit with him and his family some. And um, he was so proud of that house. He cleaned it just as clean as can be. Um, we do do a concrete floor, but out front's always dirt. And he had raked all the dust off and made it as though he had a concrete pad in, his front, in the front yard and, and lined all the stones up. So it's about building relationships. And Cindy's going to come out and talk about that. But as we figure out who we reach, we've got to figure out how do we build these relationships with these people. So here's Cindy. When you think about going to Guatemala, one of the first things you think about is all the kids. Because believe me, there's plenty of kids in Guatemala. If you ever want to fall in love with a kid, go to Guatemala. Because you will fall in love with a kid. (laughs) There's so many of them. And uh, the little boy that was on the very first of the video uh, that said, Hola, Taco Gordo, that was Lester. He was telling Tanner hello because Tanner didn't get to go with us this year. Um, And we went to the village, of course, for the first couple of days, and then finally we were on the compound, and we went down to the river, and uh, I seen Lester, and I hollered, Lester! He was in the river, and he jumped up out of that river and run up the hill and come up and hugged me, and there was just the best feeling in the world. Uh... And I know that every person in our group that has fallen in love with one of the kids there has that same feeling when they see them. When Brad and Brandy see Elvita, their heart just melts. Uh, Estelita is one that Jill fell in love with when Jill was 15, and she was there. And this year was the first year she ever walked, and Jill's 21. And... uh, so, you know, you just fall in love with these kids. But in the village where we went uh, and built the two homes and stuff, we went to house to house. But uh, We would go and we would talk and we would see what their needs were. They say, We talked to them about God, see how they were spiritually. Um, there was one family that we went to that uh, her name was Tita, and she was not of good health. She had seizures, and um, you know, and we talked about her needs, and that's her up there. And the young girl in the back is Wendy, and she talked about how the young girls in the village needed guidance. So a lot of our young girls, Jesse and them, would hang out with her and try to spend time with her and talk to her and stuff. And um, so I asked Tita, I said, what can we do for you? And you could tell this was a spiritual woman. And she says, nothing. She says, just peace. Pray for peace for my family. And uh, so we all... You know, got together, and we were praying. I was kind of leading the prayer. And um, it become more than you can ever imagine. Because when her hand went to my shoulder, and the farther up it went, the holier it got. She was praying. I just stopped. Because she kept saying, Gracias, Padre. Gracias, Padre. And she just kept rolling, rolling, and rolling. And it was such an incredible thing. And I know that there was video in it, but it had to stop. It was just so holy. Literally, heaven came down into that little dirt-floored home, and it was holy. And you just can't even imagine the spirit that was in that house that day. I almost became Pentecostal. (laughs) I could have shouted. So thank you very much. I come to you, Father. Father of England, to be with praise and uh, honor for you. 
Okay, I promised myself I wasn't going to cry, but I might. So. Um, all right, so the kids this year, it's impossible not to fall in love with them. Um, this year, all um, the guys and the construction workers were working on the house. Um, there was more women than there were men, so it was hard for us to do like hard labor. Um, I mean, we found little things to do. We sifted sand, but there's only so much you can do. Um, so a couple of us went and visited houses, and then um, and then we did our Bible studies with the kids, and. Um, Last year, I mean, we were new to that village, and they'd never seen us before, so they were kind of cautious, and they didn't really want to get involved. Um, they just really mostly just watched us, and, I mean, they took the candy, but that was it was kind of, that was it. <laughs> and then, I mean, we thought last year, I mean, we thought we had a great year, and um, I thought I loved those kids, but then going back this year, oh, my gosh, I guess they heard our bus pulling into their village, and they just came running. Um, they were there. They were waiting for us. They were just lined up outside the bus as we were getting off. And um, one of the little girls I fell in love with last year, Carla, I can't say her last name. I don't even know what it is. Um, she was just so excited to see me. Um, okay, so anyways. Um, so this year with our Bible studies, we there were so many kids, we didn't have enough stuff because we weren't even counting on that. Um, we just got swarmed, kids from all over villages outside of Santa Cecilia. And um, they wanted to do anything and everything to help. And they were just in our business, and it was chaotic, but it was the best feeling in the world, just like just having them just everywhere. Um, and they were extremely involved and... Um, they just loved being a part of that, and you could tell. And um, last year, um, if you had given the kids something, they would have just taken it, and they would have hid it, and they would have just kept it to themselves. But then it was it was kind of like a greed thing, but it was just we had something they wanted. And um, so they would keep it for themselves. And then whenever Zach was um, handing out candy, after one of the Bible studies, he dropped a couple pieces and one of the little girls, um, Sandra, she, like, she jumped out of her chair and she went to get him and she, like, ran after Zach and was chasing him, trying to give him back the candy. And, I mean, it sounds so simple, but it's just, like, I mean, they wouldn't have, she wouldn't have done that last year. And um, it was just, you could really just see God in that. And, I mean, they're taught, they're not taught in their culture that, you know, you need to share. Like, we always teach our kids here, you need to share. Other kids need to have stuff, too. But, I mean, their their parents don't teach them that they don't feel like it's important really but you could just really see that in those kids that they were all sharing those little um uh, something we, something we gave them I don't know. and yeah little candies we gave them and um that was just that was really really cool to see and then um all right so our bible studies this year we did three of them we did um, David and Goliath, and we did Noah's Ark, and we did Daniel in the lion's den. Um, with David and Goliath, <laughs> we made little slingshots like this. <laughs> and um, I was looking for sticks to use because we used just like this little um, balloons for the stretchy part of it. And um, I picked up like a decent-sized stick, and all I said was um, necesito, which is just like I need. I didn't know how to say anything else, but... They just, like, they jumped right on it. They just swore, they just fled. And then they came to me with just, like, piles of sticks in their arms. And um, they were just so excited and eager to be able to help like that. And um, so then we did the David and Goliath um, Bible study. And we gave them little Nerf pieces um, that we got at Walmart down there. And Chris, um, while I was reading the story, Chris stormed around behind the kids, like, roaring or something. And 
it was so cute because they all jumped up and they all were shooting at him with their little Nerf pieces. <laughs> so precious. And um, then with Noah's Ark, we did, um, we asked all the kids to find like um, small little pebbles, just enough, just big enough to draw on. And um, we had paint and they colored or they painted on them all different kinds of animals. Probably, I did a lion, which I'd, I don't think they've ever seen a lion before. And they all just kind of like looked at it. I was like, what is that? Um, but a lot of the kids did, um, like, um, stuff they see a lot, a lot, there was a lot of fish, there was a lot of bugs, um, they found, a couple of them found leaves and stuck them onto the side of the rocks, like wings, which is just really creative, and, um, then Daniel and the Lion's Den, they, um, painted lion faces on styrofoam plates, and we told them, like, whoever has the best, um, lion, we're going to give you a prize, and then one of the older guys that was kind of kept to himself he was late teens so (laughs) he was kind of embarrassed but he won a prize it was a soccer ball and he was pretty embarrassed about it but he was excited so (laughs) um but all of our bible studies were about not having fear and about always trusting god even no matter um what's going on in their life because we think we go through so much but it doesn't even compare to what some of these kids go through they go through more than i ever will in my whole life and um it was it was just amazing just all these little kids just to see the joy in their faces and God is there you can feel it and you see him in their smiles I didn't share this with the first service, but there's a verse in Third John, Third John four, and it says, "I have no greater joy than to see my children are walking in the truth, and my daughter to be able to experience this and to be able to do this with her has just been amazing. Um, the change it's had in her life to see, to see God in everything and His provision, just even being able to go and to go for two years in a row. Um, I don't have that kind of income and." Um, we just, we didn't know how we were going to do it, but how we were going to do a lot of things, but um, just giving up that control and um, just counting on God 100% instead of even keeping a percent of it, just saying, here, God, I don't know how this is going to work, but you do, and he just always goes above and beyond anything, just like with the two houses. Um, it was just more than we could have ever even thought that we couldn't have done physically on our own. Um it's just been so cool to see how we in America, we're so spoiled. We have everything, and we want and we complain, and we're all about pleasure. We eat for pleasure. We want to fill our time with pleasure, and we're not happy. We're not full. We want more, and there, it's so opposite. It's about survival for them, but they are so happy, and they appreciate so much. It's them that are so much more blessed in a way. It's... It's amazing just to see how um, it turns back on you to, to realize you take, we take so much for granted. Um, one, of the, one of the women, it was Carla's mom, her name is Sida. She um, is a Christian, but she, we talked with her for a little while, and I could connect with her because she's got four children too, and we became pretty close. And um, She had said she hadn't been going to church for a while because she felt judged, which is something that a lot of, I mean, we all experience the same feelings, but she, um, her and her husband, he had lost his job, um, but they had a new bike, um, and they, somebody had given to them, and I guess a lot of people didn't understand the whole situation. So um, because they had this new bike, they were able to go and get wood that helped, helped them with some income while he was looking for work. But she just felt like people were... Um, judging her because of that situation and we don't know everybody's story we don't know details of everything it doesn't matter but um she needed to be in church and cindy had you know said you've you've got these daughters and as a mother you know you've got to have these kids in church for you and for them and that next sunday she was there and that was just really neat to see um these people of this village they know that we're committed to them they know day three's committed to them and they are so grateful 
and these relationships are just going to last forever. Um, so thank y'all, because we couldn't have gone to do what we did if it wasn't for all of you. Um, uh, one of the little boys, Hector, he's one of the, the boys that got the second house. He was kind of a little stinker last year, and he's running all over the place, and we never could keep up with him. We called him Mickey Mouse last year because it's just a lot of new names to remember, and he had a Mickey Mouse shirt on, so we just referred to him as Mickey Mouse. When we got there this year, he saw us, and he took off, and he came back, and he had his Mickey Mouse shirt on. (laughs) He wore it the whole time, I think, too. But um, another funny thing about him, um, he, like last year, he was just so wild, and this year he was painting. He wanted to help with the house so much, and that was so neat. He worked. He would not stop trying to help. Um, and when it was the second house was completed, he had gotten one of the soccer balls and was in the new house bouncing it, and his dad said, no bouncing the ball in the house. <laughs> so he kind of got fussed up. Um, um, and actually, this, the second family, they, they were believers. They had um, the word Jehovah written on their post outside of where they were living. Um, I think it showed a picture of it a little bit before, so that was really cool. So even if you're not necessarily um, trying to lead somebody to Christ, it's just as important to encourage people who are believers. We all have to encourage each other um, because that just helps us keep going on and gives us strength and we can give our testimony and it just all feeds off of itself. Um, I think. Just just about this trip, just um, I've got out of it to praise God. I always thank him for what he's done for me and what I want him to do for me and um, it's just all about praise regardless of our individual situation it's about such a greater purpose and just just praising him for things that have nothing to do with you know our our personal need for that day but just praising him for what he's created praising him for um so many things he's blessed us with Hey, this is, I'm Chris, this is one of our daughters, Jessie, or Marquita and Chelsea's there. So much to talk about from the airplane ride to the drive, the three and a half, four hour bus ride to the uh, compound, which was an adventure in itself. Um, but the the main thing that, that touched me was the, um, you know, if you, like you were talking about with the candy, They'll just swarm you. But even when our group wouldn't have anything to give them, they would still come to us and want to be with us. And um, that was that was huge. And um, finally, the workers uh, did the same thing because we workers would want to kind of keep to themselves. But it worked out real good. Some really good experiences. Um, I just want to talk about my little friend, Kevin, that I met. Uh, This is my second year going, and last year when we went to the dump, I got off the bus, and um, this little boy ran up to me and just grabbed my leg and just took me off, and um, he was my little friend, Kevin, and we didn't speak much. I didn't speak much Spanish, but um, we didn't talk. But there was still a connection there, and um, this year I went back, and when I got off the bus, he wasn't there, but um, when we were feeding, he I saw him, and, and the instant connection came back, and I got to meet his family this time, and I'm going to try not to cry, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, he knows a little bit of English, and I plan to next year take him a Bible, a Spanish and English Bible, and some clothes, and it just really blesses me that God brought this relationship into my life. Because he, honestly, I would take him home in a heartbeat. He's the best little boy I've ever met. And, yeah, I cannot wait to see him next year. And I'm very happy my dad got to go with me this year. Last year, it was me, my mom, and my sister. 
And this year is me, my mom, and my dad. So hopefully next year all four of us will be able to go. Romans 12, sorry, 19 through 16 says, Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life for evil. Hold on for good, for dear life for good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing the second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be an inventive of hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they are happy. And share tears when they are down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. And don't be a great somebody. Um, we got the privilege of working alongside a group of guys that we quickly built a relationship with. Um, Hope of Life sends a team of like four guys out to kind of guide us along the building process because it's just a little different than it is here. Um, we got to know them by just talking with them, sharing with our, about our families and asking about theirs. Um, serving them, uh, we got to serve them lunch one day. Um, just physically um, providing lunch for them. Um, so we also, you know, joked with them and cut up with them, and it was a relationship that I wasn't really expecting, um, but we are so glad that it happened and that we didn't overlook it, that um, we saw where God was working and we um, just joined in with that. So we got to know them very well. Um, and um, we also learned something about uh, their work culture that we did not realize and didn't know. Uh, there was a steel roof up against the house that we were building, and they were like, don't get close to it. You'll cut yourself. It's really sharp. Um, and so anytime we get close to it, they were like, no, don't touch it. Um, but the guy third from the the end there with the white shirt on, his name was Hector, and uh, we got to know him really good. And um, he uh, one day we were just a little late, and he, um, when we got there, he was like, I didn't think you were coming. I'm so excited you're here. So um, it was really neat to get to know them. But um, he was up working close to the metal roof and cut his hand, like, really deep. And so we were all trying to scramble around, trying to find something to, to clean it and um, to get wrapped up and... Um, he was like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. And the translator came over, and we were trying to tell him that we wanted to get him something for his cut, and it was really deep. He needed to get down and stop working for a little bit and let it, you know, um, heal a little bit. So um, the translator was like, no, no, no. He's like, uh, they have to keep working, and um, that's just the way they are. They have no excuses. If they get cut, they just have to keep on working. Um, so that just really opened my eyes and just spoke to me uh, in that moment, just saying that, you know, we have all kinds of excuses about um, things that we don't do that we think um, that we think God's telling us to do, and we don't do them. We're like, oh, we can do those later. Or, you know, uh, sharing Christ with others. Uh, we have all kinds of excuses. And... Um, just kind of trying to apply that to our lives, and um, we were joking that we should make shirts that say Guatemala, no excuses, but um, that just really spoke to me, and um, I have to apply that to my life. Um. So no excuses. Um, as, as we learn and try to figure out who it is we can reach, um, it's all about preparation, and then... Uh, 24 on in the scripture says, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So... If we do what scriptures tell us, we don't have any excuses. It says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should. So if you discipline yourself in this training that he talks about, we really have no excuses. And I gave an example in an earlier service, um, something I shared with, um, with young adults and students when Brandon and I did uh, full-time student ministry. And that is this. If I went to Guatemala... 
before she and I built our house, I would never built the house that we built. Now, she and I built it with our own hands, and we saved a lot of money. But if I'd have went to Guatemala first, I probably would have built a house about this size. And the reason is this. Um, something that I, I've dealt with in the past year um, through business and stuff, and that is we get this desire of wanting more. You know, the all-till commercials talk about bigger is better. Um, all this stuff we see in here is about wanting more. And the fact is, wanting more is not needing more. Um, an example of that is this, and there's nothing wrong with having things, good cars, houses, stuff like that, but it's kind of an endless cycle. If, you know, we're 16, 17 years old, we want that nice car, so we get the car, but then we want to keep it nice, so we have to have maybe a garage to put it in, so we build the garage. Well, then we've got to upkeep the garage, so we've got to paint the garage, and we've got to mow, mow the grass around the garage. So now we've got a lawnmower to keep up. Well, we want the lawnmower to stay nice, so we've got to build a shed to put the lawnmower in. And now we've got to take care of that shed. So it's an endless cycle because of the things we want. Where if we went forward to just to get the things that we need, the opportunities there that leave time for us to do other things, it leaves the finances to be able to do other things. Um, for me, it's been my desire. I, I hate debt, but we all have it. It's the world we live in. But it'd be my desire that I can jump on the plane and go to Guatemala with an open-ended ticket. And when the two or three months is up, unless I had a visa, I would come home. Because I feel like that's where God wants me. He wants me to be able to do things that he's called me to do. And a lot of times there's things God's calling us to do and we're afraid to do it because there's restrictions. There's that house payment. I mean, there's no way I could leave right now and come back three months later. I wouldn't have a house. They'd take it. Somebody else would be living in it. But that's the things we have to think about. So in this training, the discipline is good stewardship. Good stewardship of what God has given you and not trying to live in excess and, and having too much. And um, that's, you know, that's, that's the things we hear a lot of. And it's, we want more, we want more, we want more. But God wants more. God wants more of us. And he says, if, if you are disciplined in the training that I teach you through learning the scripture and studying to figure out what I want you to do in your life. That's how we train. The Spanish class Bible study we do every Tuesday night, all year round, is to train and prepare us for what he has us to do, whether it's here or in Guatemala or wherever else it may be. Here's Marquita. Marilyn was a little girl that I met at the Kelly House, which is a um, special needs house for kids that um, that have special needs that um, can't walk or or they go up in the mountains and rescue and and their families have left them for to die because they can't take care of them and and they're all drawn up, they're deformed and. Um, she was a little girl that was in the Kelly house and she just, she was over in the corner in a crib and her face just lit up when we'd come in and, and all she wanted was just to play and, and I bounced the, a uh, beach ball off her head a hundred times and she just giggled the whole time. She'd fall down in her crib and giggle. Um, Brandy made these little booklets for us before we went and as you heard everybody sharing, um, we try to prepare to go. Um, we do Spanish classes. Of course, like Cindy said, I try hard, but I think I can communicate with the turkeys better than I can with the people. Um, but each morning we'd get up and we'd read out of these little booklets and we'd pray and stuff. And um, when we first got down there, they shared with you about how... Um, our first house was almost built, but we ended up getting the, to um, build another one. But this just stuck out to me. It said, relax and let me lead you through this day. I have everything under control, my control. 
Um, Psalms 32, 8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. And he did while we were there. He advised us what to do, and we did it, and he did watch over us. Um, the pictures that are showing up there, um, Cindy and I last year met the lady in the middle. Her name is um, Estella. She's a teacher at the school, and she gave us gifts, and she said she told us that um, we were special because we work for God. And um, we tried to find her this year. We kept looking for her and looking for her, and we finally found her in, in a, one of the little school, in the, one of the schoolhouses. And she heard us because I was saying, Estella, she's a teacher. And she heard us, and she just come running down the hall with her arms open. She was so glad to see us. She's so sweet. She welcomed, last year she welcomed us into her home, and she opened her refrigerator, and all that was in there was a bowl of fruit. But she put that fruit out on the, on the table and made us eat it. And she had one Coke in her house, and she made us all share it. So that these people are just so giving. We get so close to them and so attached to them. Um, the little baby in the picture, we were all working one day, and um, I kept hearing this baby cry. And I love children, and I can't stand to hear them cry. And I kept looking for this child crying, and I couldn't. I just, it was driving me crazy, so finally I just started walking around. I went in this house that looked like a, a dugout pit or something, I don't know, but um, this little boy was sitting there about four years old, and he was munching on a piece of cane pole or something, I don't know what it was, and he was pushing this hammock, and that little baby was in that hammock, and it was just crying, and there was nobody around, so I just picked up the baby and out the door I went. About 30 minutes later, the mama found me, but... Um, it was so sweet. She just laid on my shoulder, and they just, all they want is love. They just want love. Um, I was so blessed this year to have my husband go with me. Um, last year, it was me and my girls, and this year, um, my husband and one of my girls got to go. Chelsea didn't get to go, but I know y'all have all seen the the Coke bottles, share a Coke. It's got the names written on them. You find, try to find your name. Well, we found Chelsea's name as soon as we got in Guatemala, so we carried her around with us the whole time like she was with us too. So, um, But um, the, the last house we, um, or the second house we built this time, the, the family was really appreciative. The mother invited us in. She taught us how to do tortillas, um, and it's not as easy as you think. You pat them with your hands about... 50 times, and you, they can do it and make a perfect little circle. But you do it, and it's all wopsided and wopsided, and they make fun of you, and they laugh about it. But um, I made a heart-shaped one. We have a picture of it somewhere. And we, we grill them on their little grill, and, and we went and got some hot dogs, and um, we fed them, and they helped feed us with their cornmeal and stuff. And it was just it was wonderful. They share their lives with us, and... Um, the little kids that we've seen last year, you know, they were babies. This year they're walking around. You're like, oh, my gosh, they're walking. Of course, it's a year later, but you don't think about that. You think about them little babies that you left. Um, it was really special for Jessie to see her little fella at the dump again, the, um, Kevin. They danced together and, and hugged, and it was just really special for her. And it um pretty embarrassing to see my husband play, play Goliath the Giant. He was running around acting crazy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but um, it is a real blessing for us to go on these trips. Um, thanks for everything you guys do to help us out. Um, this is one way I think about I think about these people all the time, every day. I think about the kids. Um, and this is just my little way. They make fun of me because I'm always picking up rocks. And, and they, they make fun of me because I always get my rocks taken away at the airport because the, they won't let me through security. And, but um, this was the bags that we used um, that our stucco comes in. And so, of course, I brought two back, and they made fun of me. But I made just some little bags out of them. This is just my way of... Um, thinking about them every day and missing them, and um, it's a real blessing to go down there and share Jesus with them.
preparing for that, the next question is, how do I reach them and how far will I go? And uh, how do I reach is just simply what are the needs there? And as I said earlier, and we've talked about each year on our way back, we're already thinking about what can we do next year. And this whole past year, I, I just kept praying, God, <clears throat> what is it that you would like for us to do that probably nobody else would do? And then there's that question, how far are you willing to go? And so um, as I thought about that, I, I talked to Brandy about it. And then one night <clears throat> during class, um, I said, I have this idea. And I think it's what God wants us to do. And um, I shared it with them. Now, this group was eight ladies and three guys. Three or eight hardworking ladies um, to build two houses and all the work we did. Um, to endlessly, when you make mortar, it's just a big pile on the ground. It's not a mixer. You have to shovel it. You're just kind of like making dough. And um, it's a lot of work. And I said, last year when we were there at the dump, they were digging, and everybody we saw was about this, about this high underground um, digging. And they were digging for any type of metal they could find. It didn't matter how big, how small. They were collecting this metal to take to the recycle center to make some income. And I said, I really feel like God wants us to dig with them in this um, landfill. And every year when we go, um, you know, I, I wear the dirtiest clothes I have. And a lot of their clothes aren't that bad. They, they have some fairly nice clothes for where they're living. But I look at it, if I can be that much dirtier than they are, then for at least the time I'm spending with them, they feel like they aren't put down like some may feel. Um, they may feel like a little higher than me. So I may wear clothes that are three or four days old, and I've been building a house, and they stink pretty bad. But um, that's what I wear because I want them to feel more important than they may feel. Um, so a lot of times these groups will come in, and they look like they just stepped off the beach. They're in their shorts, tank top, whatever. They get off the bus, they give them some food, they get them back on the bus, and they leave. And we always try to make an effort to stay and spend time with them. And I said, this year we need to stay all day, not just an hour or two playing with some kids, but all day. And I want us to dig. And everybody in the group said, let's do it. Now, in the back of my mind, I did have this thought. Foreign country, in a dump, digging, metal. What happens if one of us gets cut, maybe get a disease? Bottom line, to me, it's worth it. It's worth it, any risk that there was out there. So we get there, and I was relieved because they weren't digging. Um, so I didn't have to worry about the disease thing, but they were gathering up cardboard. And as you saw in there, Brandy and Michelle had cardboard on their head. Um, Brandy's a big germaphobe. I was kind of surprised she put that dirty cardboard on her head, but she did. I was proud of her. And um, Jose Luis, a friend of ours that we've, we keep in contact with, down in where the trash was burning was a bunch of cardboard, but nobody could go down there and get it. And I looked at Jose Luis. I said, you want to go get it? And he said, yeah. So we go down there and we get the cardboard. And I look up on the hill. This girl that I've met um, several years ago, I kind of teased her when I was feeding her. It's probably not a good idea with hungry people, but I was cutting up with her. I act like I wasn't going to give her food. But ever since then, I've kind of always tried to build that relationship with her. And um, I looked up on the hill and I pointed out and said, You want all this? And she's grinned real big, yeah. So here we are. And I look down, I move a box, and I'm standing on top of a cow skull. And I was like, That's not very nice. And uh, I just keep right on going, gather the um, cardboard up, fold it, loose the carrot top of the hill, and give it to her. And um, to me, that was just how we reached them in that moment, is we put ourselves to where they were. Scripture we read earlier says, when I was with the weak, I was weak. So whatever their circumstances are, that's where we need to put ourselves in order to reach them. And that's what we did. And the next question is, when you figure out who God wants you to reach, and it gives you a way to reach them, how far are you willing to go to do that? Because um, that's an important thing. How far are you willing to go? Are you ready, willing to risk it all for one person to come to know Christ? You know, the way I look at that, well, I know Christ. I have nothing to lose. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm headed. But these, some of these people do not. And he's got something to tell you. You know, when you ask yourself just how far will you go, you'll go a lot of a lot of different directions. And God sometimes really 
makes you look foolish. <laughs> we were kind of delirious. It was hot, and uh, we was at this one home and where we was building the tree house, and uh, I had a special friend to come and visit. I brought her with me today. <laughs> now, remember, it's hot, and I'm delirious. <laughs> and so she's here. <laughs> And she was just a singing away, and believe me, Jill does not get her voice from her mama. Uh, the kids would look at me like, what is this crazy white woman doing? And I would sing, of course, I don't speak Spanish, so, but they loved it and everybody laughed. I don't know, I think our group got a bigger kick out of it than the other people. But, you know, the first year that we went and built the church, there was a home in this village that's actually really nice. And it's kind of gated. I mean, or there's a fence around it, and it has tile floor. And they just kind of, you know, didn't have much to do with us. But this year, they said, when it's lunchtime, come to our house. You can have your lunch and take your siesta on our porch. We'd go. They would pull their kitchen table out of their house their chairs and we'd sit there and make our sandwiches ham and cheese if you want to call it ham and if you want to call it cheese most of us stuck to peanut butter but we would eat our sandwiches and then we'd just take us a little nap and it was really really nice and what they actually had a bathroom and we could use their bathroom and uh that was a, a big deal because you know they let us in. Of course, Jesse hogged the hammock all the time, but uh, that's the way it goes, girls. But, uh, you know, we went to everywhere. Every, even in the dump, we went to their homes because these people live there. And uh, I would tell them, you know, even in uh, Santa Cecilia, uh, I would tell them, you know, we built a church. That was great. We built the homes. That was great. But the best thing of all is that's just a tool, a tool that God lets us use so that we can come here, be with you, and share Christ and show you God's love. You would not believe how many kids wear clothes that you people sent. They're walking around with your clothes, your shoes, and your stuff. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for everything that you've done, how you donated and how you come to the bike rides, and everything that's made it possible for us to build the house. Because we, we pay our way there. None of that money goes to us. It goes toward what we're going to do there. And, um, you know, even though I don't speak Spanish, I can read body language real good. There's just something about it. I can do it. And uh, we were at a, the little store, and Tita, she came up. She wanted something, and you could tell that the owner, Paula, was very agitated that she had to give her something. And I noticed that she wrote it down in a book. So apparently she had a tab. And uh, when she was done with her, in other words, off, go. And uh, God said right then, you pay her bill. And I'm like, okay. You know, we take a little extra money, but we don't always take a lot of money. And, uh, you know, and then we, of course, buy vitamins. We bought, uh, oh, I'm saying the wrong person, cider. Cider is the one that we paid her bill, not Tita. Tita's the one that we bought medicine for, for seizures. Uh, but Sida, she was like, you could tell she was really embarrassed. And uh, then the last day, uh, I had uh, Hugo and Chris and Marquita and myself, we went over there. We discussed her bill. They figured out what it was, and it was over $100. But God said, pay that bill. Chris paid the majority of it, and I finished it up. But, you know, as I walked away, she was very thankful. I mean, can you imagine the relief that she had, that she didn't have that bill no more? But 
as I walked away, I said to Hugo, I said, Hugo, I said, the owner of the store was almost in tears. And he said, because the bill was so big, she knew that she'd never be paid. But yet, she still gave it to her. Not happily, kind of like, you know, get out of here. Don't ask for nothing else. I can't keep supporting you. But, you know, God just leads us to do so many things. We could stand here all day. We could keep you here till nighttime because, honestly, we have so many stories. It's unbelievable and how God works. But I want to thank you most of all because of everything that you've done. You've enabled us. And whether you've been on this trip or not, you've been with us. We thank you every day that we're there for the things that we get to do. You know, the story that she shares about Sada is exactly what God did with us, right? Christ paid our debt in full. There's nothing we could have done to pay that debt. You know, our, our sins can't be paid off. Christ died on the cross was the only way. And he paid our debt for us. And that's why we do this, is to share that with others. Two more things I want to show you. There's some kind of immediate uh, concerns our group has of how we can reach some people. And that is uh, Jose Luis, who I mentioned before. Um, Chris asked, I never asked him. I uh, didn't think about it. I don't know why. But he's always had a problem with one of his eye, and Chris asked him about it. And it, it could tell it really bothered him that he had his eye problem. And um, I've talked to some doctors, and I, I, we feel like it's just a cataract, but he can't get it fixed in Guatemala. So our hope, um, we've been praying really hard about I pray about it every day, is that if we can get Jose Luis here to America and get him some eye surgery, we have some, some people in the medical fields that may be able to help us and maybe even donate their time just to, to fix his eye. Um, so our plan is to try to get him in here at the end of October. And in doing that, I got this question. How many of you in here have children in school? Just raise your hand. All right. For those of you who have children in school, if you could pay your child's school all year with their books, pencils, papers, book bag, their clothing, and their lunch meal for 50 bucks for the whole year, would that be exciting to you? I would think so. Well, most of these kids can't go to school because they can't afford it. Their families can't afford it. A lot of these families make, at most, $2 a week. But for $50 from January through November, they can, they can send their children to school. So we want to try to raise enough for 50 students that can't afford to go to school to have the opportunity to go to school. And that, like I said, includes their uniform, book bag, all their materials, all their books, and their snack time. So that's, that's two needs we have, and, and the goal is this. They're out of school from November through December and go back in January. And it would be a great um, pleasure for me to go sit book bags in every seat of the school for Christmas. So we want to try to get Jose Luis here in October, and he would stay with us for two months. That way he could get his eye healthy before he went back. And then we would, we would take him back home for Christmas. But in doing so, we'd take 50 students what they need for school so that's two needs that we have right now um, of how you can reach somebody um, through the stories you've heard today and just remember that um, Christ died for us to pay our debt in full that's why we do this these kids are growing up in a community that has nothing there's a lot of desperation and we just want them to have a full life because Christ died on that cross on that cross for us so that we could have everlasting life and a life abundantly. And that's what he offers everyone in here. And there's no reason we should offer it to those who may not ever hear that. So I want to pray for you guys. And um, I hope you have a good week. Just remember who can you reach and how can you reach and how far are you willing to go. Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share what you've done through us, Father. Um, I pray that they've, they've seen you and everything. Lord, I just thank you for um, this church and the support it gives to be able to go out and do missions for you, Father. Father, I pray that we would look for our needs and not necessarily our wants, Father, in a way that um, would honor you, Father, that, that you be glorified 
and you would be able to use us in a mighty way, Father. I thank you for this time. We pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life.